Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Come in. Welcome. I'm Tommy Grant. I celebrate myself. I sing myself. I bequeath myself. And when I give, I give myself. I dote on myself. And I contradict myself. As you may gather, we are dealing with the self, as Mr. Walt Whitman happened to view it. But the self is the basic core of each person's existence. It is all that he or she truly owns in this world. And yet how little we really know about ourselves, the deepest, the most impenetrable mystery in the whole world gazes back at you each time you look in the mirror. Who are you? I'm a reporter. I want you to tell me your story, Mr. Selby. What did you call me? I called you Mr. Selby. That's your name, isn't it? James K. Selby? No. My name is Pollister. Chadwick Pollister. Well, I find that difficult, impossible to believe. Why? Because Chadwick Pollister is the victim. He was murdered. How could you be Chadwick Pollister? And how can they propose to hang me for the crime of killing myself? Our mystery drama, Two Times Dead, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dine and stars Lloyd Batista. I'll be back shortly with Act One. You take the word justice. It comes from the Latin word use, which means what is right or fair. Now take the word juice, as in orange or grape. It also comes from that same word, use. And it means the true essence of something. It happens that quite often these two words come together. Because in many cases, justice will condemn a person to stew in his or her own juice. Well, simmering in the pot for us now is a true story that happened many years ago. The names have been changed to protect whoever still needs protection. We shall now meet a journalist named Ezra Baines Harper. You sent for me, Mr. Dilworth? Go to Salinsville. Where's that? I don't know, Ezra. Uh, Fifty miles west of Syracuse. Why? Who cares about Salinsville? <laughs> Who ever even heard of Salinsville? They propose to hang a man day after tomorrow. Oh, what for? Murder, I'd imagine. What's his name? I got it written down somewhere. Why do I have to go? Oh, well, now, folks like to read about hangings. Why? I guess it's the next best thing to being there. Hasn't there been enough killing? Nope, nope. Seems like there's never enough. Oh, what are you saying? The echoes of the gunfire haven't even died down from the war. President Lincoln's only been dead three weeks. Ah, all that's last month's news. People have to have a new sensation each day. And if you can't give it to them, they're going to read somebody else's paper. Here it is. Here it is. A fellow named 
Selby. James K. Selby. And he's going to hang? For the murder of Mr. Chadwick Pallister. Uh, uh, are they sure he's guilty? Beyond a reasonable doubt. Otherwise, they'd never have come up with a verdict. Ezra, there's a train leaving here in an hour. It'll let you off near Salinsville. Be on it. Good evening, Sheriff. Yeah, what can I do for you? Well, my name's Harper. Ezra Baines Harper, I write for the Syracuse Courier. Now, here for the hanging, are you? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, why wasn't you here for the trial? I figure my editor was afraid the man might be acquitted. Can you tell me what happened, Sheriff? Uh, the name's Hooper, spelled H-O-U-B-E-R, but pronounced to rhyme with Cooper. Yeah, I got it. Uh, please, continue, Sheriff. Uh, well, where do you want me to begin? Hmm. I'll start with... Uh, Ella May Griswold. And who's she? Housekeeper for Chadwick Pollister's uncle, Nathaniel Pollister. Well, I'd just gone to bed when there was this awful racket outside my window. And there she was, screaming at the top of her lungs. I put my pants on top of my nightshirt and ran downstairs out the door. see his face. It was too dark. What did he do? Well, he quickly looked around, you know, in that guilty way people have when they've committed a crime or a sin. Well, you can just I tell. Can't, but... I just don't wander off, Ella May. Well, I guess he was satisfied no one had seen him. And then, then he started to run away. In which direction? Well, southwest, uh, away from Hesper's farm. And when he was out of sight, I, uh, I went over to look at the body. 
It was Chadwick Pollister, all right. You could see his face in the dark, Ellamy? No, Sheriff. I could see the face had been beaten very bad. But the clothes, that was his uncle's suit he was wearing. The suit his uncle gave him. You're sure of that? Oh, I could even see my own stitches where I'd made the sleeves shorter. It's him. It's Chad Pollister. And is it? Was it Chad Pollister, Sheriff? Well, someone had taken a pretty good-sized rock and smashed him with it. We found it, bloodstains and all, lying not too far from the body. And then what did you do? Well, I formed a posse and we combed the countryside. Sure enough, we caught him next morning. It appears the fellow was a deserter, had been in all sorts of trouble with the army. Didn't the army want you to return him? Not after they heard we was going to try him for murder. As they said to us, he's all yours. Could this Ella May Griswold identify him? As she said, it was too dark. Well, then where was your evidence? We found the money on him. What money? The fresh, new $10 bills his uncle gave to Chadwick. Twenty of them. Well, the thing was open and shut. And did the soldier plead guilty? No. Naturally, he swore he was innocent. Of course he would. What's his story? What's the difference? He was seen by a witness kneeling by the dead body. The witness didn't say she saw him commit the murder. How do you account for the dead man's money in his pocket? How does he account for it? He tells such a crazy story. Nobody could ever believe it. Do you suppose he would tell it to me? Oh, he'd tell it to anybody who'd want to listen. When can I hear it? Well, come by the jailhouse tonight after supper, say 7 o'clock. Well, sir, I never did talk to a reporter before in all my life till this thing happened. Then it seems I ain't been doing nothing else. Is it possible that the murdered man was not Chadwick Pollister? Oh, no, sir. I could tell by the clothes. I see. Well, why would there be any doubt? It was the same build and everything. Well, I'm sure it was. But what do I mean, sure? It it was Chadwick Pollister. Do you suppose I might speak with your employer, his uncle, Nathaniel Pollister? Well, what for? Wasn't he also asked to identify the body? Oh, no. No, nobody had ever asked him to do anything like that. Why not? Well, the poor old gentleman, he couldn't do it. He's blind. <laughs> I'm sorry to impose at a time like this, Mr. Pollister. It's quite all right, sir. Enjoy your paper, Courier. Have it read to me every day, especially your articles. Thank you, sir. Uh, What can you tell me about the murder? Mm, Only what they choose to tell me. There's some money. $200 worth of new bills. Yes. I had the bank give it to him. May I ask why? Yes. To start a new life. Well, what was wrong with the old one? <laughs> it's about everything. Now, I must admit, uh, he'd gotten into every conceivable scrape as a boy, and when he arrived at man's estate, these childish pranks uh, escalated into crimes. What sort of crimes? Swindling, embezzlement, oh, various things of that nature. But somehow, I could always get him off. But... At the end, there was 
Nothing that he would I could do. About what? He had a contract to supply beef to the Union Army right here to the garrison at Fort Lafayette. I pulled a few strings and got it for him. But it turns out that he not only short-weighted the commissary, but he also sold them tainted meat. The entire detachment became deathly ill. Two men died. Oh. Commissioners from the Inspector General's office were due here to investigate, but, oh, everything's in a state of confusion due to President Lincoln's unfortunate assassination. And you gave him money to run away? Yes. Amounted to that. He's flat broke. Didn't he have any money at all? No, no, he lost everything. His kind of heedless, reckless gambler is usually flat broke. But this last escapade must have sobered him up. He swore to me that he would go somewhere, start afresh, make something of himself, stop wasting his life. <laughs> what could I do? You know what they say about blood being thicker than water. Mr. Selby, I'm Ezra Baines Harper. I'm a reporter for The Courier. What do you want? I'm here to do a story. What story? Your story. <laughs> sure. But don't you want me to tell your story? And what good would it do? Well, that's not the point. A story deserves to be told. Why? Because it's the account of a human life. You say you want to hear my story. That's what I came for. Haven't the rest of the boys told you? What boys? Your own crowd, the reporters and such. Well, what would they have told me? That I'm crazy. But why? Why would they say you're crazy, Mr. Selby? Because my name is not Selby. My name is Chadwick Pollister. Your name can't be Chadwick Pollister. It's impossible. Why is it impossible? Because, because Chadwick Pollister was murdered. How could he have been murdered... If I'm Chadwick Pollister! How indeed. Once again, we have a question posed and an answer given. And once again, we have an answer that spawns a host of other questions. For instance, is the man lying? Is the man insane? How is it possible? Well, as you know... Most things are possible when we arrive in that special place known as Act Two. It's axiomatic. You cannot be in two places at the same time. Neither can one person be two people at the same time. Can you be the murderer and also his victim? It doesn't seem likely. But this world is a strange place. And yet what we have heard so far in a prison cell somewhere in New York State in the year 1865 seems to be, perhaps, a little bit impossible. You say you're Chadwick Pollister. You don't believe me. I neither believe nor disbelieve. To me, this is but the beginning of a story. I don't decide until I hear it through to the end. All right, then. Listen to my story. Maybe if you believe me, you can say so to, to, to the governor. And then I won't have to hang tomorrow. Well, for the sake of argument, suppose, just suppose, this is all some mix-up and, and you are Chadwick Pollister. 
That'll save my neck. But your uncle tells me you're in trouble with the government over the tainted beef you sold to the army. The investigators... What'll they do? Sent me to jail? For the rest of your life, maybe. Maybe, maybe. That's only maybe. But the hanging the day after tomorrow is sure. And it is certain. And it is definite. Just start at the beginning. How can you be Chadwick Pollister? I was born Chadwick Pollister. Tell me about yourself. All right. Let me say, I... I didn't lead what a preacher would call an exemplary life. I lied. I cheated. I stole. I may have hurt people. May have? All right. I did hurt people. Then you, Mr. Pollister, if that's who you are, you're a scoundrel. Maybe. But there's no law that says you have to hang because you're a scoundrel. You only hang for murder. And I didn't do that. But you were born into a wealthy family. You didn't have to steal or cheat. Oh, don't you say that. <laughs> Before my Uncle Nathaniel would let go of a dollar, the eagle would have to scream for mercy. And you might ask him how he made his money. A pious psalm singing hypocrite. Why, he skins folks alive. Uh, getting back to you. <laughs> the family name. He's off the hook. A man everybody thinks is named James Selby hangs... For my killer. Why, he can use his influence to kind of deflect the army investigation. Especially if I am dead. Well, how can he do that? You are a reporter, and you ask how men with money can get to do things. <laughs> but let, let me tell you about that beef. I bought it from some friends of my uncle. Can you prove that? I had asked him for some likely sources of supply. He suggested their names. Was there a witness to this conversation? No. Uh, it's a pity no one else heard it. Oh, someone else did hear it. Someone else was in the room. Ella May Griswold. But you said there was no witness. That's right. Because she wouldn't testify. Why not? <laughs> For more than 25 years, she's been more than just his housekeeper, if you know what I mean. Let's get to the murder. That's the only thing that matters. Well, I I knew I was in bad trouble. It wasn't just one of those scrapes. This whole business of speculators who've been robbing the government blind all during the war. People are angry. They, they want to make uh, an example of somebody. So you went to your uncle and asked him for money so you could go away. And my only thought was to leave the country. Go to Canada or South America or Australia, any place. Well, he gave me the money, and I left the house. I started walking down the road. Then, just below Hesper's farm, I saw a body. A dead body. Lying in the road? Yes. A dead body lying in the road. What, what was it doing? I don't know. It was the dead body of a soldier. Because he was in his uniform. It looked like... Somebody had crushed his skull. You, you, you couldn't make out his face too well. I looked through his pockets. Why? Well, it was his force I have it, I guess. I, I hope maybe he'd have some money. You know, his mustering out pay. Look, I never said I was an angel. And I found his papers. It was Private James K. Selby, 9th Pennsylvania Infantry. 
Now, what you're saying is that the murdered man was James K. Selby. <laughs> I looked at him and I said to myself, Perfect. Why should I leave the country? This is what I dreamed of. A fresh start, a new name. I'd go out west. But you see, Chad Pollis is dead. I am now James K. Selby. So what I did was I, I changed clothes with him. It was fabulous luck all the way. Here we are, the same height, the same build. I'm sure we must have even looked alike. This was a... This was the hand of Providence. Providence? To cause a murder so you could escape? The type of Providence that looks after fools like me. And I want to tell you it's a false and deceptive Providence because it leads you into even deeper trouble. I ran away from there. We know that. I had money... My own and his. I spent the night in a tavern on the post road. Next morning, I was about to leave. I'd finished breakfast. Uh, a sergeant and two armed soldiers came into the place, and they walked over to me. Uh, what's your name, soldier? My name? Oh, it's uh, James K. Silby. It is, huh? Yes, it is. I can prove it. I'll show you my papers. Um, here, just look for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you're Private James K. Selby, all right? Ninth Pennsylvania. That's too bad. Why? Why is that too bad? You're under arrest. What for? You know what for? Desertion. Desertion? Wait a minute. No, no, that... Look, uh, really, I'm I'm not James K. Selby. Look, soldier, tell it to the court-martial. Tell it to the chaplain. But don't tell it to me. I only know what I read on your papers. Hey, no, you can't arrest me. Are you going to come quietly and nicely, soldier? Or do you want to fight about it? Well, accommodate you either way. Now, now, hold on there, Sergeant. Who are you? I'm Sheriff Hooper. I see you intend to arrest this man. Yeah, he's a deserter from the 9th Pennsylvania. Well, he could also be a murderer. We're looking for a soldier who killed a man not too far from here last night. Are you sure about that? We don't have a positive identification, but if he's got a certain sum of money on him, that'd nail him. Empty your pockets, soldier. Now, wait a minute. Oh, I can explain. Obey your orders. Well, there you are. Two hundred dollars in fresh, crisp, new ten-dollar bills. We've got them for murder, Sergeant. You sure? That money's all we need. Now, uh, you suppose you could let me have them? Oh, well, we got to them first. Now, who has to know that? We got him for murder, and he hangs for that. Well, I got him for desertion. He can hang for that, too. Yeah, but this is peacetime. Well, it was wartime when he deserted. Yeah, but everybody wants to forget the war. My way, he swings for sure. <laughs> you know something, Sheriff? I like the way you think. Why don't you take them? Boys, we never seen them. That's what I'm going to tell the lieutenant. Now, let's get us some breakfast. All right, come along, soldier. Sheriff Hooper. Sheriff Hooper, you know me. i never seen you before in my life. You know me. I'm Chad Pollister. That ain't possible. Chad Pollister was murdered last night. I seen his body. But you didn't see his face. That's right. 
You took care of that, James K. Selby. I am not James Selby. I am Chad Pollister. I am Chad. You've known me all my life. Walk this way, Mr. Selby. This way. And that's exactly what happened. Yes, and that's where your story falls apart. Well, it's true that the dead body of the victim could not be identified. But the murderer's face is in the open for all to see. You grew up in Soundsville. You spent your whole life here, is that true? Yes. And everybody here would know Chad Pollister. Isn't that true? Yes, of course. And why does everyone refuse to believe you are Chad Pollister? Are you saying that somehow, suddenly, overnight, they've all forgotten what you look like? Well? Yes. Do you expect me to believe that? I've gone over the trial testimony. Your lawyer, using the defense you gave him, called witness after witness to the stand. All of them said they had never seen you before. All of them denied that you were Chad Pollister. And no. The jury were all from this township. They didn't believe you were Chad Pollister either. They're all lying. But why? They all hate me. Everyone in town hates you. Everyone in this town. Everyone. You've harmed everyone in town? Well, they all hate me or, or they're scared. Of what? Of who? My uncle and Sheriff Hooper. Why? They're the richest men in town. Between them, they own it. The mortgages my uncle doesn't own, the sheriff has. Now, all the farmers sitting on the jury, either my uncle or Sheriff Hooper has notes on their next year's crops. And they pass the word along. What you're saying, then, is that it's a plot. It can't be anything else. But to get a whole town to acquiesce? Please, believe it. It's true. Now, all I needed was to find one person who would testify that I was Chadwick Pollister. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't find even one. Don't let them hang me. Please. Please do something. What can I do? You're a reporter. Think of something. Don't let them hang me. What'll it be? Ale. You must be one of them reporters. <laughs> How'd you know? You're here for the hanging, ain't you? Do you know Chad Pollister? Sure did. This fellow Selby, who's being hanged for the murder. Would you say he looks something like Chad Pollister? Well, there is a kind of resemblance, but then <laughs> lots of folks look like. Yeah, well, this fellow Selby, he claims it's a put-up job. I would do if I was him. After all, who wants to swing? Well, he claims that he is actually Chad Pollister. Did you know that? Everybody knows that. And you say that there's no possibility that the man the law claims is James K. Selby could actually be Chad Pollister? None at all. Do you uh, own this place? My grandpa opened it in 1776, the year the Union was born. Been in the family ever since. Of course, uh, we got a mortgage. And who holds the mortgage? Nathaniel Pollister or Sheriff Hooper? Nathaniel Pop. Say, mister, what are you getting at? Who knows? Uh, maybe I'm just trying to get the record straight. What record? 
Yes. What record? Well, we have two possibilities. A deserter from the Union Army came upon and killed Chadwick Pollister on a lonely road one night. Or Chadwick Pollister walked the same lonely road, found the dead body of an army deserter, and changed clothing and identities, and is now being tried for that murder. But if that's true, the whole town is collaborating and committing perjury by refusing to recognize Pollister. Can you get a whole town to create and maintain a unanimous deception? As you know by now, you can get almost anything in Act 3, which you get right here, shortly. he's Selby or he's Pollister. Either he's the victim or he's the killer. He has to be one or the other. But which? In cases like these, the popular expression is you pay your money and you take your choice. But here no one really knows what the true choices are. And everyone you ask only succeeds in deepening the mystery. Oh, it's you again, that reporter, Mr. Uh, Harper, Ezra Baines Harper. Mrs. Griswold, may I ask you a question? Well, I can't imagine what I could tell you, but feel free. Are you sure the accused murderer... The convicted murderer. Are you sure that he's James K. Selby? That's the name on his army papers. Are you sure he isn't Chad Pollister? Well, how could he be Chadwick Pollister? Chadwick's dead. A murdered body was found by the side of the road. The face was never positively identified. The judge, the jury, all were convinced it was Chad. Are you convinced? If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. This James K. Selby, he claims he's actually Chadwick. Now, is that possible? Nope. Why not? It don't make sense. All of us knew Chad since he was a baby. Now, how could this fella claim to be him? Tell me, did you like Chad Pollister? No, I didn't. Why not? Because he was no good. He broke his Uncle Nathaniel's heart. His uncle, who'd raised him since he was a baby and gave him every advantage. What did Chad ever do to you? To me? Nothing. So you disliked him, not because of anything personal on your side, but because of the way he treated his uncle. You could say that. I gather you like his uncle. Yes. He's always treated me fair and square. He's been a good employer. The best. Thank you, Mrs. Griswold. For what? Oh, incidentally, who was Mr. Griswold and whatever became of him? He was my husband. He worked for the bank, for Mr. Pollister. He was dissatisfied. He wanted to go west, to California, but he never had enough money. And then one day, Mr. Pollister agreed to lend him some. I see. Oh, I know what you think you may see, but it was a legitimate business transaction. He gave Mr. Pollister an I.O.U. Did he ever pay it back? No. Poor man. He was killed. An accident in a gold mine. Mm, you came here to be Mr. Pollister's housekeeper. Yes. Well, there I was, alone in the world, with nowhere to go, and Nathaniel kindly took me in. He's a saint, that man. Oh, you're not imposing, Mr. Harper. 
always a pleasure to talk to someone from a big city. <laughs> Gives one a different uh, perspective on life. <sighs> the convicted killer, Selby, swears he is actually Chadwick Pollister, your nephew. Ah, what a fascinating speculation. Surely you could set the matter to rest. After all, no one knew your nephew or knows him better than you do. Ah, uh, <laughs> that isn't true. I'm blind, so other people know him much better sighted people. Yes, but is it possible? I don't see how. If it were true, you could identify him, couldn't you? The last time I was able to see him or anyone or anything, he was a child. Uh, what does he or did he look like as a man? Hmm. I got no way of knowing. But he grew up in this house. There would be things you and he would have in common... Intimate things, personal things. No, things were never very intimate or personal between us. But his voice, the voice of the condemned man, is it the same? The blind have a most acutely developed sense of hearing, or so I'm told. There is a similarity, but many voices really do sound alike. Your nephew, or the man who claims to be your nephew, says that his death would be a welcome way out of a family difficulty as far as you're concerned. That, sir, is a most monstrous accusation. He claims that you have been putting pressure on the townspeople to perjure themselves. I shall not dignify that with further discussion. I must bid you good day. I understand you've been asking a lot of people a lot of questions, Mr. Harper. Yes, yes, I have, Sheriff. They seem to be ridiculous questions to me. But are they pertinent? And am I getting truthful answers? I know what this fellow Selby claims. A jury heard his side of it and didn't believe him. Why do you believe him? I'm not saying I believe him. And I'm not saying that I disbelieve him. What are you saying? I'm saying that I can't make up my mind. If he were Chadwick Sheriff, you personally would be happy to see him hanged. Hanging's nothing to be happy over, Mr. Harper. Yes, but it would be revenge for his breaking off the engagement to your sister. Why should that make me unhappy? I was strongly opposed to it from the start. But you said he broke her heart, which means she was in love with him. But tell me, did she testify at the trial? Did she? No. Why not? It would seem to me that she could certainly identify him as Chadwick Pollister or denounce him as an imposter. Why wasn't she called to testify? You want to know why? Come with me. Come in. Sit down, Mr. Harper. Lydia! Lydia, it's me, Tom. Oh, Tom. Oh, Tom, you're home early, and, and I haven't even started supper. It's all right. I just wanted you to meet someone, Lydia. This is Mr. Ezra Harper. How do you do? Uh, Mr. Harper is a reporter from the big city newspaper, The Courier. Oh, is he? Uh, has he heard from Chad? And uh, No, dear, he... Uh... Hasn't heard from Chad. Chad was here one night. Th th does he know who Chad is? Yes, Lydia. Chad walked out of here one night. He, he said he would see me in the morning, the next morning, Saturday morning. We, we would go on a picnic, but he, he never came back. And 
And he promised he would. Well, hey, so what, Lydia? Just talk slow. And everybody tries to tell me that he's dead, but I know he isn't. I know he's in California. Well, how do you know? Well, because I've just been out there to see him. Y- you've been out to California? Oh, yes. Yes, I've been out there lots of times. It's quite a long and hazardous trip. Oh, no, not not when you're used to it. Oh, and there's so many interesting ways to go. Now, Lydia, my dear. Well, see, most folks go by wagon train, and that's fun. Uh, ha- have you ever tried it? Uh, no, no. Uh, Lydia, dear, um, uh, we've got to be going well, now. Well, won't Mr. Harper be staying for supper? We have plenty. C- could you possibly identify Chadwick Pollister? If I were to show you a man... Could you say definitely, yes, that is, or that is not Chadwick Pollister, the person to whom I was once engaged? What is he saying, Tom? Nothing, dear, nothing. Was I ever engaged? I I, I don't remember. And to someone named Chadwick Pollister? Well, who is Chadwick Pollister? I I never heard of anyone by that name. Well, it... uh... It's been very nice meeting. Well, come again and, and stay for supper. Oh, but but not tomorrow night. I think I have an engagement to uh, to leave for Europe. See you later, Lydia. Uh, well, Mr. Harper, now what do you say? Don't you see, Mr. Harper, how they're all ganged up on me? What's that sound? You're hammering up the scaffold for tomorrow. For me. Don't let them hang me. There must be a way to get to the bottom of things. Wait. Wait. You can't get people to prove your Chadwick policy. What have I been telling you? Did you try to work from the other side? Could you get people to prove that you aren't James K. Selby? You had his papers. Surely they'd tell you where he's from. You could get his friends, family, someone. My lawyer tried that. He telegraphed with the address on Selby's papers. And there is no such place. Selby enlisted under false pretenses. You see, that, that proves he was always a criminal. He must have been murdered that night for criminal reasons by people he may have double-crossed. Well, you can't be sure of that. It couldn't have been robbers. We don't have much of that kind of robbery hereabouts. Besides... Whoever killed him took nothing from him. No. No, it was revenge. Mr. Harper, please save me. Don't let him hang me. What are you doing here? The hang is tomorrow morning, and I want that story. Mr. Dilworth, did you read what I sent on the wire? Yes, and it cost a fortune, too. What, What do you think? What do I think? Either way, it's no great loss if they hang him. Let's stop it. Uh, How can I stop it? I'm just an editor. Wire the governor in Albany. And tell him what? Tell him the whole story. Oh, come on. That'll cost a fortune. Uh, uh, It's worth a fortune. To whom? To us. How? We run a big feature. Is justice being served? Why? You've got this big wave building up against capital punishment. Those waves rise and fall. Yeah, but right now it's at the crest. Maybe the governor doesn't want to take a stand. He has to. Whatever he does, he can lose votes. Here's what you can tell him. What if there is a conspiracy? That's the problem. If. No, no, just, just follow this. How long can it be kept a secret? 
too many people know about it. Something has to break somewhere, somehow, sometime, right? Well, maybe. That's the big word. Maybe. Maybe they'll all come out. But by then, it's too late. The man will have been hanged. This way. If he commutes the sentence to life, he hedges the bet. If it comes out that Selby is really Chadwick and was framed, the governor comes out a hero and humanitarian. What can he lose? Nothing, I guess, because there was a last-minute reprieve that next morning. The hanging morning. And Chadwick Pollister, or James K. Selby, was sent away to prison for life. And what happened? Well, nothing. Nobody ever came forward. The governor lost the next election for other reasons. And Chadwick Pollister, or James K. Selby, kept sending me angry letters. Thanks to you, I am spending my dreary life as an animal in a cage. A fate worse than death. Why did you interfere? Even though I would have been hanged for a crime I didn't commit, it would have been a brief moment of agony. And then I'd be free from pain forever. I can only hope that your uncalled for and unwelcome action has caused you as much distress as it is causing me. I would get a letter like that once a month until 1890 when he died. Mr. Chadwick Pollister or Private James K. Selby. Take your pick. I don't know which to choose. You can make out just as good a case for one side as the other. Mr. Ezra Baines Harper died in 1898 in Cuba, where he had gone as a correspondent to cover the war with Spain. If he knew more than he told in his news reports about the Pollister Selby case, he never confided in any way to anyone. I will have something I can confide in just a short while. Hi, I'm Lyman Saunders. This is Heartbeat. Are you depressed? Is it hard to get out of bed in the morning? Do you look forward to, well, nothing? Perhaps some chain of events, something you couldn't control, has affected your life. Maybe you've lost your job or experienced the death of a family member or a friend. Whatever the cause, you're depressed. You're not able to shake the feeling of gloom that hangs over your head. Well, I've got news for you, and it's good news. There's a way to handle your depression. And here's one idea. Decide that you have the ability to decide what your life is going to be like and how you're going to feel about life. To get more suggestions on how to handle depression, just put the word depression on a postcard or in a letter and send it to me at this address. Heartbeat, Hartford, Connecticut, 06142. Ask for the depression plan. It's free. The address, Heartbeat, Hartford, Connecticut, 06142. This is Heartbeat. Philosophically and psychologically, our story does not present a problem. Because the philosophers and the psychologists see a dualism in each of us. In other words, it is possible for one to be both victim and executioner. 
How they square this with reality, I cannot say. But it does seem that theoretically, when someone kills someone else, he kills a part of his own humanity as well. So, therefore, it can be said with some justice that no one ever really gets away with murder. Our cast included Lloyd Batista, Bernard Grant, Ray Owens, and Carol Titel. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Oh, but why would they get it all? Uh, unless, of course, your aunt wrote you out of her will. There was no will. Or if there was, Farnsworth destroyed it. Oh, the whole thing was awful. I vowed never to marry, and I didn't. But enough of all this. At least now I finally received my poor dear aunt's letters. Well, let me give you these photos. It's our guess that this picture here might be you and your... Did I say something wrong? These photographs. Where did they come from? From a roll of film that I found in an old camera at the same auction where my wife bought the old box of letters. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, Miss Windsor, are you all right? These photographs. Take them out of my sight. Take them out of here. And go. And don't bring them back, ever. This is Tommy Grimes inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time... Pleasant dreams. Here's some of the top stories we'll be following for you this morning on News Radio 95 as we approach the.